Welcome back to the Line to Gain podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jeremy Dixon, here with Mike Parker, as always. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, been a busy week work-wise, so kind of just <laughs> ran over here at the last minute to try to get start recording good, good. at a reasonable time. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're looking at uh, – this is, this is uh, episode five covering week four of the 2023 NFL season. I'm calling this the end of the Zach Wilson slander episode. So um, let, let's get into it, man. Let's look back at, at some. Uh... For the record, I wanted to end it last week. I had said I had a lot of empathy for him and, and stuff. <laughs> Mike, Mike's trying to get on the Zach Wilson train. I'm, there's after no he, train to get on. That's not what he, I'm trying uh, to do he here. Into Patrick my my for... point is, is that it has gotten so bad. Yeah, that I, I don't think it's his fault. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think he, he the guy's clearly got some skills. He was the number two pick in the draft. He we'll was, discuss it a little yeah. bit. I thought he had a pretty good game. Yeah, he did this weekend. He definitely did. So, all right, let's. Uh, I, I just I'm I want to get this over with. Let's go. Let's go. Get week this. four bets. Yeah. Did you get hammered? I mean, I went one and two again. Okay, I went two two for five. It was a rough day. Thank God in my real life bets I did. I've done a little better. This so time. I'll rattle mine off. I'm not going to go into depth on the, my losses okay. because I think um, I have, I kind of talk about it later and okay. we can kind of address how close it was. Yeah. So my first loss, I took the Miami money line at, uh, at Buffalo. Whew. I I, thought I was, was wrong. Yeah. I, there's no there's no other way to say it. I th- um, if I had to bet on that game, if I would have put money on that game, it would have been on Miami as well. So I'll just I'll take the loss on that. It is what it is. I actually, um, did I took money my- line because I wanted some value as plus yeah. points, and I just thought that they were going to win. It's just like a perfect scenario. I, again, I'll I'll t- we'll talk about that later. Um, um, just a side note: I had Miami on a in a teaser bet in real life, uh-huh. and. So I bought it up to six, or I bought you. You add six and a half points doing a teaser. You have to do multiple bets on that, though. So it made it moved the point spread from like whatever plus three or plus three and a half or whatever it was to like plus nine and a half. And I'm like, oh, that's easy. Like, there's no way Miami's getting beat by ten, right? Like, Little oh, did we yeah. know. Little did we know. Okay. All right. So my next bet, um, I took Minnesota minus three and a half at Carolina. I thought this was just a shoe in. It wasn't as clean as that, but I ended up winning. That's good. And my next bet was Las Vegas plus five and a half at San Diego. San Diego been playing teams very close all year. Um, Las Vegas is never in it and never out of it at the same time. So I figured, you know, five and a half was quite a bit to give for a lackluster San Diego team. I ended up losing that. Again, there was a scenario where it was one play. It could have gone another way, right. uh, and we'll discuss that later. Uh, my second one was Arizona. I took uh, plus 14. Um, I thought that was, again, a lot of points to give a team that's been competing year a week after week. Um, and another scenario, last second situation that didn't go down the way that I needed it to do uh, to, to win that bet. What was the final score of that game? Do you have it there? Um, it was sixteen to thirty-five, but it felt it actually felt closer than that at times. Um, yeah. And I thought that could have easily been um, what is that uh, twenty twenty-three thirty-five, and I yeah. would have been in the money there. So um, 
Anyways, lost that. And then finally, Kansas City at New York. I took New York plus nine and a half. Um, I thought their defense was good enough to hold up. And, you know, Casey's offense hasn't been, you know, lighting the world on fire. So I ended up winning that. Uh, The the Jets lost by by three. Right. Yep. That was that was a hell of a game, too. So. um, All right. So that's all your bets. So where are you at on the season now? So um, I uh, down one hundred and seventeen dollars and four cents on the week. I'm still up overall four hundred and seventy nine dollars and sixty nine cents. My rolling percentage week over week dropped from eighty two percent as of last week to sixty nine percent this week because I took three L's. Yeah. But we'll try to get back, get that uh, percentage a little higher moving forward. Yeah, I don't have my percentages because they're so low. Um, <laughs> I, I, I literally do this for my own, just like I want to yeah. see how I do. There's no I, expectation. Know, honestly, man, I just don't. <laughs> I don't have like the, the bandwidth. You're to, not like, an account. Factor in, no, to factor in like money lines and like I'm going to do this parlay. Like, I'm just like, I'm going to do three straight bets and call it good. Um, I'm a maniac. I don't so, know. What can you say? So I had uh, New Orleans minus three against Tampa Bay. I just thought this – I thought Baker Mayfield was going to turn back into a pumpkin. And, yeah. Um, I really – I like – I don't know why. I, maybe it's just false hope. Like, I really like that New Orleans team. I like their defense a lot. I, like, I mean, they were getting Alvin Kamara back. I figured that might, might uh, pump a little juice into their uh, offense – didn't happen. I think they, David Carr, or, uh, so I did it too. Yeah. Derek Carr is minus, is a plus four and a half, right? Yeah. Like he, he's given four and a half Man, points. Terrible. Or minus four and a half, rather. Terrible, terrible. Um, I guess it is plus four and a half. Never right, mind. right. Uh, my next bet was Cleveland minus two and a half versus Baltimore. Deshaun Watson gets scratched from the game like an hour before game the game starts. Honestly, I didn't think it was going to be that lopsided, even with Deshaun Watson not there. I thought that Cleveland's defense would be able to shut down. At least hold them Baltimore's to... offense a little more. Like, it so was, was going like to be a 20, bloodbath. It was like 24-3 to or something. It was something similar to the Seahawks score, I believe. Um, so we had Ravens 28, Browns 3. 28-3, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Baltimore just ran, I, and I knew that was gonna. I knew I probably wasn't Four gonna offensive win that. touchdowns. Yeah, I, mean, I, I knew I probably wasn't winning that against game, uh, that game once. Once the, uh, I mean, I just didn't think they could keep it with a rookie starting quarterback. I as soon as I heard that the Deshaun Watson wasn't playing, I figured it was over. But anyway, the I did, then my one uh, lone beacon of hope was uh, Minnesota minus three and a half at Carolina. There you um, go. Did just enough one by seven. So I am. Uh, negative 100 on the week and negative 700 overall. <laughs> so there you go. Good work, man. Thanks. Appreciate yeah, it. It was plenty of time for us to get back in there. All right. Is All this right. Uh, going to uh, our week in review now? Yeah, this is where we review all of the games. Now, I will say that I'm trying to make this more precise. So I I'm, I have two like categories I'm like going through in each one of the games. So a spotlight like it's basically a sentence or a thing okay. I want to look at and then giving a game ball out. Okay. So that's that's how I'm doing it to kind of I speed like this it. up a little I like bit. Well, I, I texted Mike on Sunday after uh, maybe Monday after I saw the uh, at halftime of the Seahawks game and I was like, hey, I just uh, watched the fastest three minutes in sports where Chris Berman goes through and uh, whips through all uh, all whatever 16 games it was this week uh, in three minutes or less. And... I was like, Mike, let's at least do like the slowest 
30 minutes, 45 minutes, maybe an hour on our game notes uh, so we can try. So this will be our fastest 30 or slowest 30 minutes in sports here. Ready, go. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. All right. Detroit at Green Bay. Uh, Jared Goff started off the game um, with a pretty egregious interception, uh, but the Detroit defense held Green Bay to thir- three points on that drive. Goff shook it off, uh, drove his team down to go ahead uh, with the TD. I uh, didn't look back from there, really. Um, I thought Detroit dominated the line of scrimmage, um, both offensive and defensive sides. Uh, defense sacked Jordan Love five times, held Green Bay at only 27 rushing yards. Kind of like that's their thing. And uh, while the, the Detroit offense ran for 211 yards and three TDs, big, big day running. Yeah, no, that was, uh, you know, it's the funny thing real quick. I'm going to tell a quick story. So I did a Bill Simmons had done a same, same game parlay on this game and said Jordan Love over like 236 yards. Jared Goff throws an interception and Kansas City, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Green Bay wins on the money line. And I was like, I'm going to, that sounds like pretty doable. Like I'm going to just throw a few bucks on that. What, was the, what was the Jordan Love line? It was like, uh, over 236 yards passing or okay. something like that. Green Bay win and a Jared Goff interception. Well, Jared Goff throws the interception three plays into the game. And I'm Boom. just like, let's go, baby. And then it was like everything else. So two went. legs hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty interesting. And then everything else just plummeted to, yeah. uh, to a bloody death. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you know, that, that interception – uh, at the beginning of the, you know, turning it over in basically essentially giving Green Bay the ball in the red zone. And we're, then the defense was able to hold them to a field goal. And, I mean, Detroit dominated from that point on. So. Yeah, for sure. So my spotlight here is, uh, yet again, Jordan Love. There were moments of this game where he looked unstoppable, right? <laughs> Great throws, moving out of the pocket, looked confident. And then, but he seems to bookend these like fantastic, you know, second, third quarters or whatever mm-hmm. with these like very slow starts, a lot of three and outs, and uh, just an un like a turnover at the wrong moment as they're trying kind of to Baker come back. Baker Mayfield esque from a couple years ago. Yeah, but he he's a little le- less panicky. Yeah, out there. I agree. But I think we. I'm we, saying we, with the the bookended, you know, like having couple really good quarters in the middle of the game when there's maybe not a lot of Green Bay has you know. to score points in the beginning. They have to get out in front of these other teams or it's going to be really rough going for the rest of the year. Yeah. All right. All right. I gave my game ball uh, to David Montgomery. It was his first game back after he missed the Atlanta game with an injury. Uh, and he came back in a big way, running for 121 yards and three TDs. So good job by him. Yeah. Yeah. Free uh, Jameer Gibbs. You know who, um, if – I really my like, guess is Jameer Gibbs can't block yet. That might be, and I don't think uh, uh, the coach in uh, Detroit is not playing with that. I'm blanking on his name now. Um, is it Ben Johnson? No, the head coach I'm talking about. Um, well, Dan I mean, Campbell. I think it's the offensive coordinator and what they're calling. Well, yeah, right? but I mean, Dan Campbell is a tight end. I don't think he's – like, that's what we were talking about. Uh, or I was talking with somebody this weekend about, like, I can't believe that they just essentially traded TJ Hawkinson and then with the draft pick that they traded him for, just drafted Sam Laporta. Well, well Sam Laporta is... Sam Laporta can block, and it does kind of does it all. Well, the thing is, you, you don't need Gibbs to be, like, 
Ezekiel Elliott all the time. What you need to do is just have him be able to chip and just do enough mm-hmm. to give that extra half second second for for Goff. But if you're missing, you know, you know your assignments, that that becomes a problem. Yeah, um, I'm, he's definitely I'm a, athletic. Yeah, and I'm a I'm a fan of Detroit. Um, I'm interested to see uh, when they get Jamison. Williams back this week and we never touched on that I I should have done more research this week maybe I'll do it for next week if you don't have it in anything but the NFL adapted or adjusted their um, gambling policy and so all the guys that got suspended for just poor like yeah so Jamison Williams had a six game suspension and they reduced it to four games across the board for all these guys so um there's some kind of movement in that, which is interesting. So I, I don't know, I'm going to look into it more. To me, it's the same argument of the marijuana use by players and the and the testing for them. You have an official drug of the NFL. <laughs> you are you are taking pharmaceutical money, and yeah. yet you are putting a different. You're having a different expectation for your players. They have FanDuel, you know, halftime right. show brought to you by FanDuel. Yet. You can't gamble. Now, I get it, but like, if you have a problem with gambling in general, stop taking the money right. and just remove yourself from it altogether, and then you can sit here outside of your hypocritical bubble. Um, I have a huge problem with I, I don't like players gambling on, on games, but if he puts money on a basketball game, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't, shouldn't matter. All right, let's, uh, we'll get to, to our, our first game in London this year. Yeah, so my first point was this game was at Wembley Stadium in London. That was really the only thing I felt was worth mentioning outside <laughs> of my toy, spotlight they did game a ball. Toy Story uh, version of this game. I didn't get to watch. It was any glitchy, of that. and I, I didn't like all the like they had to um, like circle it with rainbow colors. The ball where the ball was, it looked it looked weird. Yeah, I didn't like like when the NHL that. decided to have that hockey puck that lit up so people could see it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, I remember that. Um, yeah, so what, that was your only line. Well, who was your game ball? So my spotlight here was Trevor Lawrence had a couple of explosive plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked like he was playing faster than everyone else. He just really seemed like he was ready to play this game. Um, I thought that TD throw to Ridley, even though he's wide open, just kind of rolling to his right, ducking under the defender, and he just got hammered when he threw it, and it was just a dot like yeah. right on him. I thought it was a really great throw. Um, my game ball... Um, you know, is the Jacksonville defense good? You brought this up in a text. Um, it was either like maybe Jacksonville's good or maybe Desmond Ritter's bad. Not sure yet. Um, but I, they get my game ball nonetheless. Their defense held Desmond Ritter um, to 61% passing on 31 attempts. I mean, that's a lot of attempts. Uh, I had one TD, two picks, one for a pick six. He had a fumble. And the Atlanta rushing attack only had 127 yards. So to his, me, that's the biggest part of this yeah. is that they uh, held um, that explosive running game to 127 yards. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, the other Josh Allen had a really good day. Yeah, he did. He did. He was all over the place. Um, yeah, my my only notes was um, is Desmond is Desmond Ritter an NFL quarterback and. Uh, just kind of yeah hyping up the Jacksonville defense um the Jacksonville defense had a pick six and then on the next offensive snap for Atlanta had another interception that almost was a pick six as yeah. well uh it was, it was a rough ridiculous. rough day for Desmond ridiculous Ritter. so yep all right next game Dolphin or do you have Dolphins at Bills next yep right. Miami at Buffalo again 
I had the money line, that Miami money line here. And the part of why I was doing this, I think I'm still a believer in Miami, but this wasn't a good game for them. No. I, when I was evaluating this, I was looking, all right, the weather is in their favor. Like playing in Buffalo early in the season That's is much exactly easier than playing in, in December. So that was, I was like, all right, cool. It's warm. They can play fast. There's no wind or weather or anything. Their starting safety, Poirier, was out. It looked like everything was in Miami's favor to pull out a win here. But, you know, as as they say, that's why they play the games. I mean, I was listening to one of the pregame shows, and Teddy Bruschi's like, it's this middle defense, it's this middle linebackers, Milano, all this stuff. And I was like, no, who cares about middle linebackers nowadays? And boy, was I wrong, because it really mattered. That middle defense is why they won that game. He had an interception, Milano. They were they were filling the those wind that they were right in those throwing windows that were wide open a week before. Um, they really schemed very well. Um, their head coach is a def- ex defensive coordinator. Um, he did a magnificent plan to stop this Miami offense. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I, I would like I said I had money on this game, so I was I was keeping a pretty close eye on it, and it just. Could, they could not they, – they would score, and then Buffalo would come back and score twice. And then, Well, it know, started – it was 14-4. Like, like, they were trading scores yeah, for the first yeah, four the possessions, right? And then it was a turnover, and then it started the, – the the wheels fell off the bandwagon yeah, after that. Just couldn't keep up after yeah. that, yeah. So, all right, who's your game bar? Who's your uh, so, again, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. Um, my spotlight, I kind of uh, brought this up already, the Buffalo defense, especially that middle – um, again, they did a great job closing those throwing windows, forcing Tua to kind of hold that ball longer. Uh, the pressure led to two Miami turnovers and four sacks. That's you know four. Uh, that's four hundred percent more than he had been sacked the previous game. So I mean, they got him four previous one. Um, yeah, it was a really good job by them. All right. Um, what what game? Or sorry, game ball. My game ball. Uh, many people would have put Josh Allen here because of the outstanding game he that did he had. Look good. He did so look good. he went twenty-one for twenty-five, super efficient for three hundred and twenty yards. He had four uh, passing TDs and he ran for another. But that's not me. I'm giving it to Stefan Diggs because we're on the Stefan was right tour now when he was like complaining when, when, when Josh was in YOLO mode, he sits over there and he voices his opinion. Josh, after that Jets game, seems to have had a come to somebody moment and said, I need to play within myself. He's using his team better. And part of that is Stefan. Um, we're three games into the Stefan was right tour. And I think this was really his breakout game. He had 120 yards and three TDs, um, and he was putting uh, Miami's secondary in, into a blender. And he had a really good like touchdown celebration where he took two cans of beer off like from the crowd and like slammed Smacked them together. together. It, was, yeah. it was pretty funny to kind of watch. He's uh, pretty creative with his uh, with his dances and such. So, yeah, I like that. Game like balls. Stefan was right. There you go. All right. Uh, next game uh, we're going to discuss is Denver at Chicago. The toilet Bowl. All right. Let's All go right. into it. This, into to it. me, this uh, this game was a tale of two halves. Right, Bears own the first half with Justin Fields going crazy. 16 for 17, 231 yards and three touchdowns. They had a 21 to 7 lead going into halftime. Second half was all Denver. 
Russell finished 21 for 28 passing, 223 yards, three touchdowns, and uh, most importantly, no turnovers. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, like you said, tale of two halves. The uh, Bears dominated the first half, the Broncos dominated the second half, and I mean, these are just two absolutely terrible teams. God awful. Like these are the two worst teams in the NFL to me. And we're going to do our power rankings in a minute. But yeah, I'll see where they I think I have Denver um couple couple spots higher than Chicago, but um yeah, they it it was a it was a interesting game. It wasn't a well-played game necessarily, but there was a lot of scoring, um, you know, last minute decisions being made. Let's let's start that conversation right now. So the spotlight I had was for Matt Eberflus, the head coach. With uh, two minutes and 57 seconds left in the game on the Denver 18-yard line, he decided to go for it on fourth down uh, uh, in a game versus kicking the the go-ahead field goal. So the scenario is he's, what is it, 28 plus 7, 35-yard field goal, which is almost a chip shot. Now, if he kick, if he hits that, they're up by three, and now you really put the pressure on Denver to kind of come back. But mm-hmm. he uh, insisted on going for it on fourth down and didn't get it. Um, yeah, uh, this was a huge, huge, huge mistake. Uh, Denver marched down the field after the turnover on downs and uh, kicked a field goal, went ahead thirty-one to twenty-eight. Then the defense, uh, the Denver defense, buried Chicago with an interception at the end of the game. It is over. Yep, yep. Um, I told I was sitting here watching the game with somebody, and I was just like, man, who knew that uh, all Justin Fields needed to play well was to go up against the Denver defense. That's, I mean, he played pretty well up until that interception at the end, considering all, you know, how bad. Yeah, but that, I, I, that I believe as soon as he turned around on, and maybe you don't have a play action pass right there, but as soon as he turned around, the guy was in his face. I mean, he didn't even have an opportunity to right, do anything. Right. You know, but, I, you know, that's the kind of thing you learn. Take the sack. If he's right in your grill, mm-hmm. just hit. Pull it down and hit the ground. Yeah. You're better better than that than what ended up happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, so my game ball actually goes to Russell Wilson. He managed uh, three touchdown drives, including a game and that and a game winning field goal drive. Um, ultimately, you know, I chose this the guy that uh, <laughs> I was going to choose Russell, but as a joke, I chose the guy who cut the sleeves off of Sean Payton's jacket while he was wearing it because that seemed to be the line of demarcation like when things changed you know uh-huh. when those sleeves uh-huh. came off so that guy gets the game ball the trainer with the scissors oh, man. I love it. all right uh anything else to add there no, nothing well let's uh go to cleveland like everyone who wants to go to cleveland mm-hmm. and uh, let's check out baltimore at cleveland um i'm not sure what St- uh, stefanski was doing watson was a late scratch um, due to so- uh, soreness in his shoulder. Uh, they put in the backup quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR, here forward, and they had him throw 36 times. First game, Didn't make short notice, wasn't, wasn't practicing with the, with the ones, and they make him throw 36 times. He completed 19 of those uh, to his own team and another three to the Ravens. <laughs> it was a tough day for Cleveland's offense, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um... You know, I had just written down that Lamar um, 
and that and the Ravens offense really made Cleveland's defense look vulnerable right. um, more so than I thought they were capable of especially you know with all they have a bunch of injuries on their offensive line and in their defensive secondary the so. crazy part you wouldn't know it looking at the team stats Mm-mm. it's Not crazy they just dominated and without even looking like they're dominating right and um yeah i thought uh you know i i thought like i figured that the cleveland because i don't think baltimore's defense isn't as good as they typically are um this they're year like, they're like top eight by scoring are they well yeah i mean i'm just saying they, they don't seem as dominant as they have in years past and i so i figured that even without Deshaun Watson, that they'd be able to generate a little bit of offense, keep it, yeah. keep it somewhat close. But, um, you know, DTR did not step up. Wasn't the, wasn't the guy I mean, on that and, day. And all I can think, these poor Browns fans, is where's, where's Kellen Mond when you need him? Come on. Poor Browns fans. You can't root for that team anymore. All right. Um, I thought Baltimore was going to have, was going to be the, top tier team that has that season from hell there's always a a a team it that you think has an opportunity to do something that particular year that just has the season from hell whether it's injuries you know whether it's just like weird weird turnovers happening in close games um i would say the opposite of this would have been the 2022 minnesota vikings where they, they were having the season from heaven like wins were just falling in their laps um, so this is not that. They've had a lot of energy uh, in, uh, injuries, Baltimore. A um, lot to key players on both sides of the ball. But this next man up mentality really seems to, to just they're hold it together. It's quite amazing, actually. So my spotlight for this is the Baltimore defense, right after you said that you weren't sure how good they were. They were playing lights out. Um, they are third in opponent, opponent uh, points per game at 14 and a half. Third in yards allowed at 260.8, and they held Cleveland to just 166 yards in this game. That's impressive. So, yeah, they did really well. Even but, with a backup quarterback, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because there's, there's the running game, and I mean, it just obviously they were behind the eight ball not having yeah. their um, starting quarterback. Have, but, or their starting running back. Right. Um, my game ball goes to Lamar Jackson. Uh, he was the best player on the field, had two rushing t- TDs and a couple of amazing throws. Um, he had a 43-year-old dime that he dropped on Zay Flowers and that uh, that amazing touch pass to Mark Andrews in the back corner of the end zone. Welcome to- back, Mark Andrews. I was like, I don't know how he got it in there. Like when I watched it in real time, I'm like, what happened? And then, and then Andrews stands up with the ball in his hand. I thought that was just an amazing throw. And you see it now in slow motion and it's just, it, it just, Still amazing. So we've talked about this. I talked about this last week about like there's this perception I have of Lamar and what he looks like and what's pleasing to my palate, you know, from a quarterback perspective. To me, a good day for a quarterback used to be 358 yards, three TDs, you know. And if you added an interception, you could call it the Roethlisberger. Uh, to, it seems like quarterback stats are shifting a bit, right? We're seeing the 250 yards, 260 yards, three touchdowns. And I think I need to, in my mind, change how I look at what's, what, a good, um, what, what a good stat line looks for a quarterback. He only had 186-yard passing um, for two touchdowns combined with two more rushing TDs. 
regardless of the yards. He had he put up 28. He contributed to you know four touchdowns. That's pretty damn significant at the end of the day. So yeah. the yard the yardage isn't there, but the production's there nonetheless. Right. I have to really like crunch the tape with him. Yeah. So. All right. But damn, he might be a top five. Tops, well, top seven is probably not a stretch, but maybe even a top five quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, it'd be tough to argue that. All right. Speaking of top five quarterbacks where, that are question marks right now, let's talk about Cincinnati at Tennessee. Oh, boy. There was a, about a crazy eight minutes in the second quarter, I thought, that that really decided this game. Tennessee scores three touchdowns during this time. A TD pass by Tannehill, a rush TD by Derrick Henry, and added a passing TD of his own, Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the fourth of his career. Uh, without this barrage of scoring, I mean, Tennessee still wins, but it's like 6-3. But there was like this eight-minute window where like all of this stuff went off. It's a really, really strange game. Yeah, yeah. I just I had written down Der- Derrick Henry doing Derrick Henry things. I love I love when they let yeah. him throw the ball. That's always funny to see. And then he's uh, a quarterback in high school, right? Yeah, yeah. I did hear that. Um, yeah, and just and then it's just what's wrong with Joe Burrow? I mean, the guy's clearly. I think he played in week three because they were like, we can't go zero and three. But then they come out, they run him back out. It's like if he need, he seems like he needs to take a couple weeks off and let you, that cap. You mentioned up. something before that week three game that you said you thought he was more hurt than they're letting on, and I think you're right. Just kind of like the way he's moving, yeah. they're not doing any favors. One of the things I noticed is like you watch like Miami, you watch. Um, San Francisco and the Rams, there's a lot of movement, a lot of motion. And just watching um, like Cincinnati play right now on offense, there isn't any of that. That requires a Burrow to like make up the difference. You're not creating advantageous matchups using motion and spreading the field, getting defenses to move around. It just allows them to like crowd and just tee off on them. Let's right. switch. I would like to see the uh, Zach Taylor and that offense switch some things up if they're going to play him to kind of protect him a little bit from himself. So, yeah. so this is my spotlight. I think it's time to start thinking about what's wrong with Cincinnati's offense. To me, that's the biggest takeaway from this game. It might be time to panic. Um, and I mentioned the, the elite team that's having the season from hell. I think it's Cincinnati. I think my pick to put them in the Super Bowls all but like disappeared. It's it's on vapors at the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't see any path for them to to, to get to the Super Bowl, let, uh, get to the playoffs, let alone the Super and Bowl. Was it, is it T Higgins or Tyler Boyd that's hurt? T Higgins got T. hurt. Higgins, that's you know that's another huge, another yeah. thing going yeah. on there. All right. Um, uh, yeah, I think they should definitely just sit Joe Burrow down for a couple weeks, at least through the Seahawks game. Well, I think uh, they have a week seven bye. Like, if they really want to see what's happening, you know, just you sit them through that period of time. I think with or without Burrow, I think we should be fine if yeah. we continue on our trajectory. But right. sit them through the bye. I think it's week seven. Um, and then kind of reevaluate after that. Yeah, I mean, it could be a loss. Because you can make a late season run. I mean, you still got 10 games, you know. It could be something there. You yeah. could sneak into the playoffs and, and then be ready for the – be healthy for that. Um, my game ball goes to Mike Vrabel. Um, he had his defense ready. 
you know, only hold since he held Cincinnati to three points. He had a little razzle dazzle in there with the um, that uh, running back throwing a touchdown. Kind of typical Vrabel stuff. That's the word you think of when you think of Mike Vrabel is razzle. You, what you think about though, it's not well. It's not just flea flickers and all over the I'm place, but joking, he does insert like these really no one expected to happen at that moment kind of plays. Well, he used to, Belichick used to put him in on, in on offense all yeah. the time, too. So. He is a bit of a razzle-dazzle, yeah, I guess. he is kind of a razzle-dazzle guy. He's a razzle-dazzle guy. I was guy. trying to be a funny at first, but then I guess he is kind of a razzle-dazzle guy. All, all right. right. So yeah. let's go on to the Rams at Indianapolis. Yep. All right. So Lakers got out the gates quickly, scoring Lakers. 20 unanswered. <laughs> the Lakers. The Rams. <laughs> I got basketball in my brain. I was looking at a, something on oh uh, Twitter about, like, day one, Lakers. And they're That's out there like, hilarious. all the balls are going in. Oh, they must be amazing. <laughs> all right. So the Rams uh, got off, got out of the gates quickly, scoring 20 unanswered points. Um, but Anthony Richardson, man. Uh, it was Anthony Richardson and uh, the Colts and Cypress Hill came in and said, we ain't going out like that. <laughs> And they rattled off 23 unanswered points to force some overtime. Um, man. Couldn't believe that the Rams blew that lead. I mean, you have Aaron freaking Donald out there. I don't think you have much more on defense, but, like, I just figured this is this game's a wrap when I saw it was 20-0 to zero and didn't really pay much more attention to it. I had to go back and watch some highlights, and it's just – like Anthony Richardson is fun to watch. Man. I was going to say, it's just players had, making plays. He was he, getting destroyed, and he's still throwing it 40 yards down the field on a dot. Would, yeah, I mean, he had the – that was probably the most impressive game I've seen from a quarterback that threw for under 50%, had under 50% completion percentage in a long time. Like, he looked great, and it was like – he was just – it was fun to watch. You, you couldn't kind of it, – it reminded me of, like, Michael Vick in whatever. Oh, interesting comparison. A little bit bigger. Yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely bigger. I'm just saying, like, from, like, a, a just a, an electricity – perspective like the guy's just electric when you see him on the field sure yeah so my spotlight is uh, I'm, I'm going all rams here uh spotlight is um stafford is balling out this year um he did get a little hurt he was limping around a little bit uh, last year was a disaster and i think a lot of people including me thought he was they say they say he was done um so i, I thought he was done i, I didn't think like what are we doing with this guy now? It's time to it's time to move him along. Um, but he's averaging 300 yards per game and has three TDs. Now, the one thing that I'd like to point out, despite all of those good numbers, he's already thrown for five interceptions. So he needs to kind of curb that a little bit. And finally, my game ball goes to Puka Nakua, uh, a drafted free agent. Um, he leads the league in receptions at 39, um, second in receiving yards. Um, finished Sunday with 163 yards receiving and his first NFL touchdown. So good job by him. Congratulations. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, um, yeah, go Puka. Think about when uh, when uh, Stafford gets um, what's his name back to the. They just took him off um, off the pup list. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's his? I'm blanking on his name. What the hell? Cup Cooper Cup Cooper Cup. Yeah, that's gonna be. I mean. Him and Nakua out there running around, that's going to be pretty fun to watch. Too. Two Coopers, one cup? <laughs> Something like that. All right. Uh, next game, uh, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Um, man, I expected Tampa Bay to be at the bottom of the NFC South this year. Me too. But Baker Mayfield has the Bucks 3-1 and one and at the top of the division. 
uh, really unexpected. Uh, this feels like opposite day or opposite year with uh, Baker Mayfield. So I'm calling him Maker Bayfield from now on. Maker. Um, we said Maker Bayfield. Maker Bayfield. Uh, <laughs> the guy throws for Bizarro three, Baker. Yeah, throws for three TDs, man. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay just keeps chipping away at that. I mean, you win enough games in that NFC South, like you're going to – I don't think it, – it's not going to take a lot of wins. That's probably the least wins uh, – of any comp, of any division, I would say to win it. So, um, and yeah, it's it's. I got I got three bullet points for Derek Carr just to kind of pull it back here a little bit. Looked horrible. <laughs> um, I thought being revitalized, he would be revitalized by a new location, getting out of that dysfunctional Raiders organization. Um, I guess Saints have been a little bit more stable, um, but he's not challenging downfield at all. He looks really bad. I don't he know looks what cooked, I, it, man. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on. He looked cooked last year in Las Vegas. I, when they traded for him, or I think they traded for him, right? I don't think it was a free agent. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And yeah, so I was just like, "What the hell?" Like, I, if I'm a Saints fan, I would rather run out there with uh, what's his uh, the freaking crab leg king, uh, Jameis Winston, instead of freaking. Derek Carr, David Carr. Derek we 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 should do a bit where we go. Would you take them over Derek Carr and kind of see where he lands now? Because I think last year when the season started, I had him in the top twelve. Right. Because once you get too, past yeah. the Trevor Lawrence space, you were like in the Dak Prescott, you know, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. And at the time, he was still like right there. The previous season, oh mm-hmm. one, he had a really, really, you know, bounce back year for all intents and purposes. So, right. yeah, I don't know. He's fallen for yeah. sure. He's trending downward. Yes. For sure. All right, let's um, look at my game ball. Uh, Baker Mayfield has a tendency to look a little frantic sometimes uh, out there, and he did it times in this game, but he did show his athleticism quite often uh moving the pocket making some really good throws downfield again you said he threw for two touchdowns he added uh 246 yards to get that uh, three touchdowns he had a pick uh the wheels haven't fallen off yet so just another week with baker one of his wide receivers was mic'd up did you see this on twitter and he walked up to him after they had gotten a touchdown of mike evans or uh it was uh, it was godwin, godwin. And he walked up to Godwin and was, I mean, it's a family friendly show, but he was like, uh, he's like, I saw what cover He's like, I saw the, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. He's like, my dick got hard. Man, I just, I wouldn't know how to respond <laughs> to somebody know, saying like, that uh, to me. I'd be right. like, what are you talking about, man? Well, thanks for throwing me that touchdown pass. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, I ain't dapping you up. <laughs> All right. All so, right. uh, anything else to add to that game? No, okay. No. Washington Philly. This was an interesting game. Um, it was Washington at Philly, I should say. AJ Brown breakout game. Uh, yeah. Jeez. So a little bit more on him later. Um, this game, uh, was much more of a barn burner than I thought. I thought it was going to be like this defensive matchup, Yeah. but, um, you know, Philly had a slight edge in the yards, uh, which might account for the difference between a win and loss. Like this game was so close. You have, you win, you win the total yards battle, yards battle and, and you win the game. Um, the defenses had a tough time stopping people, um, which, you know, kind of let me transition into the spotlight of the game. Um, 
Riverboat Ron struck again. Now we all know that was ironic nickname because he was he's been a very conservative player over his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he decided after scoring a touchdown with zeros on the clock, he decided to kick the extra point rather than go for two. Now let's look at it. He was on the road, has uh, with a divisional opponent opponent. The game in this game, the defenses were having a tough time stopping anybody. He had an opportunity to make a statement and steal a win. He was playing a better team. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking that opportunity to just stick it to him right there, be in and out. Yeah, you risk the loss. But I don't th- I think people will question him taking the extra point a lot more than they would have questioned his decision to go for two if he had right. not gotten it. Yep. I agree. Bonehead move. Yeah. Bonehead I move. Should have gone for it too. Um, I yeah, I was just saying DeAndre Swift still to me is the biggest offseason acquisition uh, um, offensively anyway for any team. Any team. I mean, that it, seems outrageous, but I'm not sure does, you're wrong. But I know. I, <laughs> I have to really dig thing. into that, but I yeah, mean, you, I, I haven't obviously gone team by team, but like he's had a and like just the fact he's that, explosive and how I mean. The fact, like, Detroit couldn't use this guy? Like, what What are we doing here? You didn't have to draft Jameer Gibbs in the first round. Like, you could have used that on another on a player at another position. Yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, uh, I'm not sure the reason that, I mean, I'm, I'm not, wasn't part of those conversations. Yeah. He had 56 yards and a touchdown swift. Um, he caught another 23 uh, another four ex- catches for 23 he's yards. Explosive though, man. Yeah, he's, he's just he's electric out there for sure. It's definitely an upgrade from Miles Sanders for sure. Yeah. Um, they still have a really good like running game between Jalen Hurts and you throw a little Kenneth Gainwell in there, and I don't see you know Penny. He is he still he's still on the I, roster, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I have him on my fantasy football team, just on the bench at the end of my bench in case somebody gets hurt. Yeah, but he hasn't even seen the field. Yeah, because like, again, because he can't block. Yeah, <laughs> he's not good in True. a pass block scenarios. All right, cool. Uh, so my game ball here is AJ Brown, as you mentioned, huge day, nine receptions, 175 yards, and two TDs, including I think it was like a 53 yard bomb where he. He adjusts between two defenders, gets the uh, gets the reception, and then kind of matriculates to the end zone in a pretty exciting, explosive play. So that was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, that's all I had on it. All right, Minnesota, Carolina. Whew. This was a pretty ugly game. Um, I it didn't look like either team really wanted to win. True. So Kirk Cousin, um, he tried to lose the game by throwing a pick six just right off the bat. Then, you know, Bryce Young said, hold on, hold on, <laughs> and has a sack fumble that turns into a TD. Um, and that's pretty much the game. That's um, what ended the game. Right? Yeah. Garbage time, Cousins added another Justin Jefferson touchdown pass um, to finish off the scoring. Justin but... Jefferson looked – I mean, that guy is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean that he's he's been a beast all year. Um, I don't I I don't know why they just don't go to him every time. It seems like he's always open. Mm-hmm. What was that Jamar Chase? I'm always open. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just had the you know Cousins throws two early interceptions. Um, Justin Jefferson get, goes crazy again, gets in the end zone twice, and uh, then Bryce Young fumbled the ball. 
and it gets returned 50 yards for a touchdown, that's ultimately the, the difference in the game. So Kirk Cousins, so this is my spotlight, Kirk Cousins thrown for over 1,200 yards so far this season. Um, but he, his, his MO is that he, he will get you chunk yards. He'll get you big 300-yard games and two, three touchdown games, but he makes – he clearly makes some bad decisions at some point that actually cost you the game. I took a quick dive in the last four games to look at like what the impact of his turnovers have meant to the team. His first fumble um, versus Tampa Bay, um, Minnesota was in field goal range. It le- ended up leading to a Tampa Bay punt, but it left points on the table. And, like If they did nothing, they have a field goal attempt there. Uh, his second fumble, same game, uh, Tampa Bay turns that turnover into three points. He fumbles it in his end of the field, and they were, they they didn't move an inch and kicked a field goal, got three points. And finally, in Tampa Bay, first interception of the year, uh, Minnesota's in the red zone. Um, it's in the first half. That interception ends the half. So they're marching down to a, to a scoring drive, essentially a two-minute offense, throws the pick, you know, half's over, just basically resets. Uh, versus Philly, he did a little bit better. He only had one fumble. First play after the Minnesota interception. So their defense creates a turnover, and then he gives it right back to um, to Philadelphia, puts them in field goal range. They end up missing it, but just to have to have that that breath taken out of your defense, mm-hmm. you finally got a turnover, and you hand it back to your your offense, your quote unquote high powered offense, and they just give it right back. Yeah, it's tough. So uh, against the um, I was going to say Clippers again. The Chargers, uh, it was a second interception. We all know this one. This was done um, on, they were on the uh, Chargers six-yard line. It was to win the game. And he throws an interception basically right on the the goal line. Uh, Chargers win, game over. And then this week, with his third interception on the Carolina six. So again, he's right in that space where they're going to score. And it's a pick six going the other way. And then his fourth interception, uh, they were in field goal range at the time. Carolina turns a turnover to uh, three points going the other way. So not only is he not putting points on the board on one end, he's actually his turnovers are in such dire situations that it's you know providing points to the other team. the other team. So I think these are kind of the mistakes that he needs to mitigate somehow. Yeah, he's uh, something's got to give, man. He he can't uh, he can't do that. So my game ball goes to Harrison Smith. Had a great game. He led the team in tackles with 14, three sacks, including the sack fumble, which was recovered by Minnesota to kind of put them ahead in that game. So Harrison Smith, uh, great great job out there today. He was, he was everywhere. Yes, sir. Anything else there? No. All right, Pittsburgh at Houston. Um, man, Pittsburgh's offensive woes continue. Kenny P only had 114 yards passing. Uh, until his injury, at least. Uh, Mitch Trubisky came in, got another 18, 18 yards. Good job by him, I guess. Um, I did see that Najee Harris showed up towards kind of the the end of the game. I mean, it was already too late, but he looked really like he was running really strong. They started to get that revved up. I'd like to see if they carry that into next week. Hopefully. Um, The flip side, C.J. Stroud, um, he wasn't super efficient, but had a few big throws. Man, He looked really good out there. Like he had command of the game, 306 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, my notes for this game were, are we sure that Pittsburgh is good at football, Mike? 
I'm pretty sure they're good at football. They'll get uh, it together. TJ Watt is amazing, and they have some other defensive players that are good, but they're lacking at quarterback, offensive line, running back, and wide receiver. I mean, their offense is just in – they don't even have anybody. Offense there. is problematic, and I think it all starts with the offensive coordinator and what they got. You have to – there's some guys that go in and go, this is my system. I'm going to make these guys run my system. Then there's other guys that go in and go, this is my team. I'm going to create a system for that particular skill set. Right. And I think the latter is if I want, if my goal as a coach, if I was to be a coach would be the latter. You know, I want to be able to adapt my system to what I have. And if I have an opportunity to go get somebody that fits my system better, I will, you know, see the LA Rams when they, when they got rid of Goff and brought in Stafford. Stafford was a better fit for that offense than Goff was Mm -hmm. and they got him to the Super Bowl so those are the type of Super Bowl win in this case because Goff had gotten to a Super Bowl previously as well but yeah so I don't know I think they need to do some work on the on the coaching side and figure out uh, a good game plan yeah then we'll see yeah and my only other note was CJ Stroud is that dude it sure seems like um and I think Houston is going to battle for that division as early as next year. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, put, I'm going to put the spotlight on the whole Houston team. Um, man, they're definitely better than I thought this year. Their first, uh, first two, um, their two first round picks. Let me get that out. Will Anderson, C, Will Anderson and CJ Stroud um, are, are playing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it appears that they're well coached. They're competing both on offense and defense. Um, I don't know if I've ever said this before, but I'm kind of rooting for the Texans. There, it was a fun game to watch. Got to yeah. be honest. Yeah, no, there was. I only saw the highlights, but it was. Yeah, they they really did their thing. All right, so game ball. Uh, my game ball goes to Nico Collins. He had a, he's had a couple big games this year, but this is his best. Mm-hmm. Uh, 168 yards receiving and two touchdowns. That's a really really good game. Yeah, looked good, man. I have him on my fantasy team. Shout oh, out. fantastic! Shout out Nico good work. Collins. Good job by you. Thank you. <laughs> Las Vegas, Las Vegas at Whoa, uh, the LA Chargers, <laughs> not the Clippers. All right. Um, to me, this was a really weird and ugly game. Herbert had a pretty bad day: fifty-five percent completion on twenty-four attempts, only one hundred and sixty-seven pass yards. He had a TD, an interception, and one broken finger. So, had a rough day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um... I, my notes, I had Aiden O'Connell didn't mm. look bad, but didn't really look good either. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, first start for a young guy, can't really hold that against him. Khalil Mack uh, came out of uh, hibernation and went off, had six sacks, setting, setting a Chargers uh, team record. Um, Chargers got out big, but then didn't score again in the, in the second half of the game. Um, yeah. So the Raiders... I mean, obviously, that's including uh, Herbert missing a little bit of time, getting his finger on his non-throwing hand taped up. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it uh, the Raiders' defense stepped up a little bit, I guess, in the second half, and at least like helped, tried to keep their team in it. So yeah, so this was one of the games that I had bet on. Um, I had Vegas plus five and a half, and it was right there, right. So uh, the Chargers end up winning by seven. Um, but Aiden O'Connell, as you mentioned, uh, looked really good in the preseason. Um, I, you know, as I was watching those preseason highlights, I go, "Is he better than Jimmy G?" You've I still been, think he is. While, but yeah. the, it, 
this game he wasn't that good no. i know so it was definitely like oh what happened there he's he, the, the game seemed a little fast for him. Um, I will say he looked like he had some composure in those moments, um, but he was sacked seven times, had three fumbles. He lost two of those. And this is this is the thing that changed the game. They were right there in scoring position. They were in the red zone. Um, they were on what the like the five or six yard line of of the Raven of the the Ravens, the the Raiders. And he threw this egregious interception at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Now couple of things he didn't look off he looked right at that the spot where he was going to throw it and he threw it like with he was going to throw it with anticipation he expected his guy to be in that spot um it looked like jacoby myers was running this quick out combined with this rub route by um Devontae adams so Devontae adams was supposed to go in there and sit down and kind of get in the way of the guy that was sitting on top of um of myers Myers looked like he came out like super lackluster. He, he didn't like fire out of his route. And uh, Asante Samuel just like looked at it and went, wait, this is coming to him and made a great play on the ball. Yeah. He seemed to have seen it like from jump. Um, so speaking of him, he gets my game ball. Um, there really, really wasn't a lot of highlights in this game. So I think this uh, like game saving interception was probably the the best part of this game. Right. What did you say? So not Khalil Mack with his six sacks. Uh, I mean it's impressive, but I mean I thought that that play really sealed the game for them. It's like giving Malcolm Butler the game ball in the Super Bowl, I guess. So same difference. Didn't he win MVP that year against the Seahawks? No idea. Pretty I didn't sure watch did. the game. You didn't watch the Super Bowl? No. Anyway, moving on. Um, I didn't tell you that story? No, I don't even want to know it now either. So. No, be quiet. It ain't that big a deal. <laughs> All right, next next game? Or is Enough that... out of you. Uh, New England at Dallas. All right. uh, my, my bullet point here, this was the worst loss in Bill Belichick era, That's 35 points. That's the first points. thing I said Belichick's worst <laughs> loss was my first note, too. Spotlight. Mac Jones looked horrible. 57% completion on 21 passes, 150 yards, two interceptions, uh, one for a pick six, and a fumble that was recovered for a touchdown. Replaced by the mighty Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi. Uh, Cowboys scored twice on defense. Dak, yep. Dak looked good, uh, but the offense didn't really go crazy for Dallas, I thought. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Belichick's worst loss. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Mass game was a blowout. And it yeah. wasn't really fun to watch. Yeah, all those things you said, my game ball goes to Dallas defense. I mean, they just played lights out. Monsters. I think they ended Mac Jones's uh, career as a starting quarterback. I mean, Belichick came out after the game and said he's still their guy. But but know, I mean, let's let's face you, it. It's kind of like when a Once you see gets, a flaw or once it gets into yeah. somebody's head, like he was out there like not even – you can tell like a quarterback isn't – like I don't know if it's paying attention or they don't have the right clock or their clock in their head mm-hmm. or they're not in a position where they can see the peripheral. You can see like the quarterback when he backs up and he's and he's like looking at a spot and he just gets pummeled yeah. from the other from the opposite side. I felt like that was Mac Jones like all game. It's like he didn't know where it was coming from and he just was not changing where he held the ball or like anything he wasn't too not a two-hand situation when he's rolling out it's just like nothing just oblivious to the pressure 
and the game that he was dealing with that moment. I think to me that's a that's a huge thing to overcome because to me yeah. that's instinct. That's not that's not coaching. That's not um, practice. Right. Absolutely. Practice. Practice. <laughs> practice. Yeah. All right. We'll um, see how that goes. Moving on. Arizona at San Francisco. Um, dude, the 49ers are good. They're fun to watch, too. Um, that hurts, though, as a Hawks fan for me to say. But I had, I had two notes down, Mike. First one, Kyle Shanahan and Christian McCaffrey are playing chess while the rest of us are playing checkers. Well, the rest of us are playing, like, sorry. Yeah, probably. Anyway, and then I just said best team in the NFL by far. There's no – I mean, I don't know how you can how you can debate it. Like, they've looked so good. Um, you know, Philadelphia is 4-0 as well, but they've struggled a bit um, with, with the number of teams – or a couple of teams. They're not, so. they're not sharp on offense, the, yeah. the Eagles. So, yeah. Um, let me zag just a bit here. I thought Arizona moved the ball pretty well against the San Francisco defense, despite what the score says. Yeah. Um, there was even a couple of opportunities to steal some touchdowns there. Um, I'm going to put my spotlight on Josh Dobbs here. He's showing me some stuff. Um, they're, they're, they're the scrappiest team in the NFL. I, the, there's, the, uh, there Cardinals. is, I would take Josh Jobs over about half of the, the quarterbacks in the NFL he's right now. He's still pretty young too, right? He's only a few years into his NFL career. I believe so. I yeah. So. This is really his first opportunity. It's like, Hey, it's yours. You're not just coming in here <laughs> for, right. for a game because somebody else yeah, is hurt. I mean, does, is Tennessee feeling dumb for trading him right now? Like when it, maybe, maybe he's him. probably their best bet at the time. He's the a, guy they put in like to take, to get hammered at the, you know, at the end of the season, right. not fun. Um, man, he looks confident out there. He's throwing the ball. Well, he had 70% completion this on this day. He's had, he has over 800 passing yards, four touchdowns and zero interceptions this year. He also added another 141 yards rushing and a touchdown. He looks really good, really good. Yeah. All right. My game ball of course goes to run CMC. Um, it's, and it's not even close. He scored four no. touchdowns, had 177 all-purpose yards. And, man, it feels like he's looking bigger than he did back when he was in um, in uh, Carolina, right? He looks thick. Yeah. Balco? Balco. Um, he's in yeah, Victor my... Conte's ledger as CMC 2-3. Oh, he is for real? No, I don't know. Oh. I'm not starting any rumors. God I thought it'd be damn. a funny joke, but I'm glad I got you. You're like Jimmy Butler out here, like uh... – <laughs> Somebody might want to look into the Milwaukee Bucks tampering. tampering. You didn't hear it from me, but. All right. This was a weird game. Kansas City at New York Jets. Um, I still think the Jets defense is really good. Um, As a team, they're one and three, sure. But that defense in the last two games has kept uh, the offense within striking distance, uh, losing losing those two games a combined eight points. What what happened in this? What? I'm still so confused because Zach Wilson looked like shit in the first quarter of that game, the very beginning of that game. In the second and third quarters, I think him and Patrick Mahomes had a Freaky Friday situation where they switched places, man. Like, what the hell? I don't – it was nuts. He was making every throw. He was moving in the pocket, getting – hitting open receivers, looking guys off. I mean, he looked like – a dude that you would draft number two in the draft, you know, like the number two draft pick of a team of, in the NFL. So. Yeah, he's my spotlight. Um, 
he actually looked like an NFL quarterback um, on on Sunday. Uh, he was 72% with 39 attempts. I mean, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, 245 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, his first drive to start that third quarter was great. He went five for five with 75 yards and a touchdown. Man, I, I mean, was hoping that they were going to come back. <laughs> that's where, to me, when I was watching that, I was I was sitting there. I was sitting on the floor. Uh, my wife was on the couch, and I was kind of like, you know, just hanging out, lounging there. And I'm watching this game. I'm like, wow, what a throw! Oh, wow, look at the anticipation. I mean, just, just firing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe their offensive coordinator just decides to, you know, stop watching the third install install of Austin Powers and start focusing on creating an offensive plan around him. Yeah, look, I mean, because they're they have weapons like the outfit with Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook in the backfield. We're taking the governor off Brees Hall uh, now. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm 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 excited to see. I, that's one of the games I really want to see this coming weekend is the Jets and the Broncos. Just for I want to see what I might Zach have Wilson some money on it. Can, we'll can see. Do. All right, all right. Uh, my game ball goes to Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, he had 150 all-purpose yards and a TD. Uh, but more than that, I think he just helped the struggling KFC offense control the tempo of the game. Um, yeah. He was running incredibly hard. Like, he was angry at the ground. I just I thought it was just a really aggressive running style. Uh, I, thought, I thought he set the tone for the game at the end of the day. Yeah, good, good job good by him. Good for him. Good for him. All right, final game of the week, Monday night um, in New York. Seattle at the New York Giants. This was a huge win for Seattle um, going into their bye week. You know, as it stands, they're three and one and have a relatively light stretch ahead of them. Uh, this game, uh, uh, this game was able. The, the Seattle defense was able to get 11 sacks. I believe that's a Monday Night Football record, and they I forced a a three turnovers. Record. I think it might be a Seahawks record too. Um, records all around. Yeah, records, records everywhere. Uh, this was the first time uh, Monday morning I woke up. I was like joking with some friends because there's some like joke going around on the internet that um, like men think of like the Roman Empire like four times a day on average or something. It was like some weird thing like that. And I was like, I think about the fact that we passed on Jalen Carter for Devin Witherspoon like four times a day. And it drives me crazy. And I think Monday morning's the first time. Or Monday's the first day I woke Or Tuesday's the first day I woke up. What day like, was it? It was Tuesday. Was it Monday morning? No, it was Tuesday Sorry, morning. man. I'm, I apologize. I, I'm getting it mixed up that the Seahawks <laughs> played Monday night. Right. Anyway, Tuesday was the first time I didn't think about Jalen Carter not being a Seahawk and get irritated. So uh, Devin Witherspoon looked like a freaking monster out. I mean, it... Man, once you find a bone, you really don't you don't really let up on it. Yeah, he, uh, he you try went to nuts. pry it out of your mouth. He went nuts. Yeah, yeah, he did. One, one uh, today. He was just announced NFC Defensive Player of the Week today too. Not just rookie, but player. Player. Awesome. That's week. great. Yeah. So, um, not to bring this down, but I mean, my spotlights with Geno Smith. He just doesn't look crisp out there. He's not. He, he's thirteen for 20, 110 yards and a touchdown on Monday. He did have a really good throw on the run to DK Metcalf for a touchdown, so I thought that was. Um, can I can I uh, give Gino some credit? The Seahawks offensive line had zero starters playing in their positions during that game. This uh, like halfway through the first quarter, the center starting center had to move to guard, and they brought in the rookie center to play. So 
the center, the original center, Evan Brown, who moved to guard, is the only starter that's out there playing out of position, and the rest of the team, the rest of the offensive line, are all backups. And everybody was like, "Oh, the Giants are getting sacked eleven times because they're they have, they're missing their offensive tackle," and it's like the Seahawks have no starting offensive lineman, and they still won that game, which is impressive to me. Yeah, so. I mean it's 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 not an unimpress unimpressive win. Don't get me wrong. I. I've I've thought about this thought about I I thought this about Gino all year so far. Oh. Not not impressive. Now, part of that could be that they they've been struggling with that offensive line. I think he lost Since his two game, starting yeah, uh tackles in game 1. Um but yeah, I get it. But they're professional football players. Let's make it happen. Let's That's do something. True. I wonder how much input these guys have to work with their offensive coordinator on stuff. Like, like I don't know. Not again. Not a lot of movement. Very static. There's almost no passes going to the slot receiver, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Well, that's because they're having to leave extra tight ends in, so he's not playing that much. Either. No, I get it, but like, you're giving excuses, I mean, and I'm, I'm not... saying like, what can you do? Right. I'm not, I mean, I'm not giving excuses. I'm just telling you, I'm saying what's going on. Like, that's the truth is that Jackson Smith and Jigba's only been in the game for like 12 plays a, every game because they have to leave two tight ends in to block because they have no offensive linemen that are starting. I guess, I guess Caliber. this really makes it difficult for me to put them at the top tier of the NFL. Yeah. Because like- they're statistically they're not that good offensively. Absolutely. And I, and like, and I don't, and it could be everything that you're saying, but it also could be the same stuff that we deal with them every single year as they underperform offensively. That's true. I'm just, I don't think you can take anything out of these last two games just because of how many injuries that they're dealing with. Like, well, I want to I'm just, see what I'm just putting a spotlight on. Yeah, We're no, not, this is you. not condemning Gino I for being you. having a, a horrible I'm season. I'm not the biggest Gino fan either, but I'm just saying I, I'm giving I'm giving all those guys a pass just for Well, he didn't write back to weeks. you either. All right, game ball. Uh, my game ball goes to Devin Witherspoon, hands down. He, had, uh, he was the number five pick in the uh, 23 draft, seven tackles, two sacks, three hits on the quarterback, and a pick six. Great day. Um, I just wanted to mention Jamal Adams. Uh, first game back in over a year. Ninth play gets uh, gets kneed in the it, head, knee to the by, head. Uh, by Daniel Jones when he's tackling him on a on a, a scramble and is out of like gets a concussion and then uh, almost like tries to go after the independent concussion or independent neurologist that's on the sideline after he comes out of the out of the, the the little whatever the hell they call that tent uh after he comes tent. out of the blue yeah. tent and uh which i just saw an article just popped up saying right before we started recording that um the nfl is looking at disciplining him for that as well which probably is fair because he really did was getting in that guy's face but uh just uh, jamal adams is such a free so in those nine plays he almost he was a freaking whisker away from a sack and had a huge hit on an, on a either a running back coming out of the backfield or a or a um, slot receiver I can't remember which and then tackled uh, Daniel Jones for a short gain on the play that he got injured on. So I mean the guy's just a freak. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Thank God it wasn't like a you know. A Thank God it was cartilage. only trauma to his head. 
Yeah. This time, right? Yeah. All right. Lisa didn't end his season, hopefully. Hopefully he can be back by the Cincinnati game, so. I'm, I'm not to worry about Cincinnati, honestly. But, okay. Games are done. Let's w- move on to our week four power rankings. Now, we're going to do this every, like, fourth week. So, week four, eight, 12, 16. We're going to give our power rankings, I think, where, where they all stand. Okay. Uh, it's a little bit too much to do it every week but here we go um i have i broke this up into my own divisions uh my first four are in what i call the mount rushmore division and those are san francisco buffalo miami and philadelphia in that order one through four okay my top four are san francisco philadelphia dallas and kansas city okay um wow dallas in that group that defense is unbelievable, man. Yeah, but they 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 had one bad half this year. The, the defense, yeah, I just don't trust that offense at all. Unfortunately, um, they haven't been able to kind of muster a run game that much. I, I don't really trust uh, Rain Prescott too much. Uh, they only have one real receiver that seems to be able to do anything, uh, C.D. Lamb. So. In a close game, I think they're going to make the mistakes. We'll see this weekend, well, I guess. I mean, they're my third uh, NFC team. So, Man, no credit think, to the AFC, huh? I just I feel like I, I and my next, like, eight teams are AFC teams. So okay. Well, they would not, have not to be, really, I would imagine. Yeah, really, so my, my next division, um, five through eight, is the contenders. So I have KC, Dallas, Baltimore, Seattle. I have Buffalo, Miami, Baltimore, Seattle. You don't have Buffalo over Dallas? Man, this is bonkers. Buffalo has, I mean, like if Josh Allen starts acting like Josh Allen of the last like 18 months. If Josh Allen starts acting like Dak Prescott, then yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But Buffalo doesn't have the defense that Dallas does to make up for that. Um... I don't think the regression is that much. All right. All right. We got next. That's my next uh, division. This is 9 through 12. I got Detroit, Tampa Bay, the Rams, and Green Bay at 12. Okay. I have Detroit, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Rams. Whoa. I Cleveland, if if. I mean, there's a lot of ifs with all these teams down this far. I mean, at number 10, I feel like Cleveland probably belongs there. Whoa. Between okay. that defense. I mean, I know you don't want – I'm, want I'm really low good. on Cleveland. I know you don't want them to be good, but I'm No, it's sure not a matter good. of want. I just I, – I don't trust their coaching staff. I don't trust their offense. Um, they have the only real – offensive player that matters for them is out for the season um, a little worried about their lack of or their inability to stop a, a running game of the Ravens with filled with backup running backs um, that's true and we really no uh, explosive plays sands that say flowers 43 yard play downfield I mean that's basically you just load up for the run you stop that you're good yeah well, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Seems All a little right. high. I would have probably. I'm looking at my next, my uh, long shot division, and I'm, I, you know, this is where I kind of went a little, 
little recency bias. So I took at 13, the Chargers, Houston Texans at 14, Washington at 15, and Tennessee at 16. Oh, wow. We have, yeah, I have Washington way down my list. Um, so I have my 13 through 16 is uh, Tampa, Green Bay, Atlanta, and New Orleans. All right. So my next division is I call the Seinfeld uh, division, kind of like that even-steven mentality. Um, I think for me, these are probably the four biggest disappointments that I've had so far. And that's 17 Cleveland, 18 Jacksonville, 19 Pittsburgh, and 20 Atlanta. I had all of those teams much higher like preseason than I do right now. I, I, I've lost faith. Now, they could figure it out. And we'll know by week eight, you know, where, you know, after week eight, what, where I have in my power rankings at that point. But these, these teams as of right now are a massive disappointment. Okay. And these are all, yeah, these, uh, I feel like a lot of these teams between like 19 and 26 are really interchangeable. Um, Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Week to week almost. Yeah. Yeah. I had the chargers at 17, Tennessee at 18. Um, I put Cincinnati at 19 because that team is still scary to me. Yeah. Um, and they, I mean, if Joe Burrow is healthy and playing, like a, they're much, much higher. So I mean, I still would put them at 19. And then 20, I have Pittsburgh. I think when I, when I decided to do this, um, I had to look at what I saw in four weeks. Now, I could project a little bit. Okay. When I when I decided who got in front, but I wanted this to be like we're doing power rankings for like right now. Right, However, yeah, you sure. wanted to do your list, that's your list. I get yeah. it, but this is how I was comprising the list. So that's kind of like I think that's where it's showing. I mean, the variation. if I'm putting like I would still say Cincinnati is probably the 19th scariest team in the NFL. Right? I have now. them 23 right now. I okay, have them in the yeah. the pretenders division. So I have New Orleans ahead of them, Indianapolis ahead of them, and I got Cincinnati, and then following them Minnesota. Okay. At 24. Um, I just really, I'm, I'm really out on their ability to, to get a win right now. Yeah. They have a very unhealthy quarterback. Um, there's dissension in the team. The defense looks super strong, but they can't run the ball. They can't pass the ball. Yeah. That offense is like, there's a lot, a lot of, of work to be done. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So All my right. next division. Uh, oh, oh. Do, I haven't done mine. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. So do your 20 through 24 again. Um, well, 20 was Atlanta. That's in the Seinfeld division. And then 21 through 24 was New Orleans, Indiana, Cincinnati, and Minnesota. Okay. Um, I have for that uh, Minnesota at 21, the Jets at 22, um, because I'm excited about this Jets team after that, even though they lost. Like, yeah. that was the, the... It, was, it was a good game. Bad law, you know, they, they took yeah. the L, but they, they showed something, I some have, gumption. Right. I have Washington at 23 and Houston at 24. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my next division is maybe next year. And I thought the New York Jets was probably the top of the maybe next year crowd. I got them at number 25. I got Arizona at 26, New England at 27 and Denver at 28. I'm a little bit higher on Denver than you are. Um, I don't think Russell Wilson is having as bad a season as you want him to have. Um, that Denver t- defense I thought was going to be much better when I projected them out um, as the third position in the NFC or the AFC West in our in our first mm-hmm. episode. 
but their defense regressed a ton. Oh yeah, and Denver and they could have won that game against the Raiders. Pretty, I mean that that was right in hand. For they them. could have won the Raiders. They could have won. Um, God, what was their game two weeks ago? Before the uh, Miami, debacle. was it the it was the Raiders, wasn't it? They they played no, the Raiders. That was week then one was the Raiders. They lost seventeen to sixteen. Um, I can't remember who they played. All right. Well, anyway, moving anyway, on. Yeah, it's not. Worth All right. Up. Last. All right. Oh, did I, you get your you know, twenty-five through twenty-eight? Not, I did not. Okay. I had New England at twenty-five, Indianapolis at twenty-six, uh, Vegas at twenty-seven, and Arizona at twenty-eight. Yeah, I could see Indianapolis down in this section. I mean, uh, they're fun to watch, but they're not. I don't think they're going to do a whole lot this year. So yeah. So my final division, I call it uh, relegated. You know, like soccer, they'll do this thing where the last four teams have to go into a a lower um, division. So here I have Las Vegas. Um, I just think it's a horribly run franchise. Uh, It's really going down in flames. Um, The New York Giants, uh, they're not impressive whatsoever on either side of the ball. Uh, Carolina, they have a little fight. In them, but they lost to like to a really bad performance by the Minnesota Vikings, so that really kind of for me puts them far below even the Vikings and then Chicago. And they just can't they can't do it. They can't right. put it together. About um, sixty minutes. Yeah, I have uh, twenty nine the Giants, thirty Denver, thirty one Carolina, thirty two Chicago. All right, so thirty one and thirty two, and San Francisco at the top. That's all we have. Yeah, fantastic. I love it. <laughs> All we right. might add one or two more in there somewhere. I don't know. I think we we had an. I think that like thirteen to twenty four range, like mix or match. Yeah. You know, Indianapolis is a lower kind of thing. I think we're, we're we're pretty spot on in there. All right. Well, let's take a look forward at week five. Um, I have four bets that I'm excited about. Um, I'll rattle mine off, or do you want to yeah, no, start? Ahead. Okay. Go so ahead. my first pick, Jacksonville at Buffalo. I'm taking Buffalo minus five and a half. This is in London. Um, I think there's. I don't see a world where, and maybe maybe I'll do money line on this. I don't know, but I I don't see a world where Jacksonville is able to beat this team other than the fact that they're going to be the least of the jet lagged. But these guys are used to that stuff. It's just a matter of getting back into your, your, your grind when you, when you land. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I have the Houston money line at Atlanta. Um, I'm selling Atlanta. I think Houston right now is playing better. Uh, again, this might be recency bias. They could be one of those ping pong teams where one week they're great, the next week they look like you know they should be playing in college. Uh, we'll see. Um, I have a lot of faith in that team and that coach at this point, so uh, I thought I'd take a take a chance. After all, it's gambling. All right, uh, Miami. I took them minus ten and a half over the Giants. Um, pretty confident in this bet. And finally, New York Jets. I took the money line at Denver. So I wanted to get some plus odds in here. So um, I took a couple of chances and we'll see how it goes. Um, So I went opposite you on the Jacksonville Buffalo game. Um, I think plus five and a half plus five and a half for Jacksonville. I just think that's a big deal flying that far. And I mean, I guess really it's only like going from the East coast to the West coast. It's three hours from New York to London. So it's, but it is five hours difference. Okay. It only takes three hours to yeah, fly. Yeah, it's like the curvature of the That's earth, crazy. bro. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. Okay, anyway. 
Um, Jacksonville's been there for a, for a week already, uh, or week plus, whatever it is. It's like the curvature um, of the earth. And, uh, you know, to my point last week uh, in my, you know, when I said, or last week or the week before when I said that um, eventually there's gonna they're going to try to move a team to Jacksonville, or sorry, that they're going to try to move Jacksonville to London or the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars wants to move to London. Um, yeah, I didn't realize they were going to play two games in a row in London this year. That's pretty crazy. Uh, I, you know, yeah, it's, uh, I'm interested to see how that all plays out. Anyway, next bet, I have the Jets plus two at Denver. And then my third bet is Arizona plus two at home against Cincinnati. I just think that this, uh, Arizona team is scrappy as hell. And well, we do know that Arizona has, has a, the lowest home field advantage in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my three, um, and then, yeah, I'm just uh, – I think those are all going to be – I mean, I feel pretty good about that Jacksonville bet. That was my number one. I feel my picks are less risky than they were last week. I may have reached a little uh, yeah. a little bit. Um, and, again, in two of those games, it could have gone either way. Right. So um, if, if Zach Ertz catches that pass over the middle against San Francisco or the one right after it where he throws the corner and it slips right through – uh, the fingertips of the wide receiver. Any one of those catches put me into the money there. Right. So, so close Vegas every day. Is so good, man, at making these lines. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a script. What's that joke? That you really leaned into it even by the, it's a script, man. Yeah. All right. So, what is your question of the uh, question uh, well, actually, of the week? What, what games are we looking forward to this week? To watching. Um. Actually, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I just I had Cowboys 49ers. I mean, that's oh, gonna be damn, right. Yeah, best, and that's going to be the game of the year so far, I would imagine, at least on paper. Um, and then Jets Denver, I already said that I it was one of the ones I want to see just because I'm just excited. I want Zach Wilson to succeed. I mean, I, I've obviously I've been on uh, been on him for a while. And then Eagles and Rams. Um, That'll be a big matchup. I think the Rams. Have the Rams too? Like the Rams and the Cardinals are the two two kind of teams that I thought were just going to mail it in this year and have really like. I'd throw Houston up. in there too. Houston as well, absolutely. Not but, not not that they were going to phone it in, but that they or mail it in rather. But they were going to um, not be good enough to compete. Yes, yes. But that yeah, that's... Houston Houston's really showing me something this year. So. Um, yeah, all right, moving on to the question of the week. So I watched an instant reaction uh, by Colin Cowherd after Ooh, the take Seahawks coming. game um, on Monday night fo- after Monday Night Football had ended. And I, I just – because I know he – I'm pretty sure he's still a Seattle Seahawks season ticket holder. Or he's from the area. I, so I wanted to see what he had to he say doesn't about fly the up, he, he doesn't fly up here. No, I don't think he flies up for every game, but I'm saying I think he's still – Oh, he still holds he, tickets? He still okay. holds tickets. He's holding them? I, I'm pretty sure he's a, a Husky season ticket holder too. You hold him? Um, anyway, so I watched his instant reaction, and he went into kind of a deep dive on Brian Dable. You know, he won the Coach of the Year last year in his first year in New York, kind of made all these uh, – made that offense was really running yep. well last year. Yep. Got Daniel Jones a huge contract that may, maybe was a mistake. But Colin Coward's premise was Brian Dable, that how that this, this team is in shambles – offensively defensively they just do not look good his premise was that brian dable should resign 
and he said you know these guys always talk with so much bluster like they they're so dialed in but he said he knows for a fact that there are multiple teams that would be willing to give the New York Giants a first round pick maybe even more than a first round pick to be able to hire Brian Dable away from them do you think this is something Mike my question to you do you think this is something that we're going to see going forward more often is coaches quitting and teams getting compensation for letting them go to other teams? Well, I suspect it, it really matters in how well Sean Payton does over the next couple of years. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. And I don't think it's going to happen with Dayball. Um, there was also like a article that says it should happen because these coaches that are, have this level of success in their first contract seldom get a second contract the thing with dayball that i think is an outlier is i don't think anyone with a, a, that follows football thinks this is dayball's fault um he over uh delivered last year and he got he's got a worse team absolutely so i think there's something to be said for that but to answer your direct question coaches get compensated quite differently than players players have to be under salary cap players have a um their contracts are not guaranteed they have to go through the players association and and all that other stuff coaches or money is all outside of that so when you talk about i'm going to pay this because then you want to compensate them too right so they and their contracts are fully guaranteed so if you make a bad decision and you lose those picks. And then after two years, Dayball's like, I'm not really good at this or whatever, or is unhappy or mm-hmm. the organization's not doing what they need to do. Um, they are, still have to pay them. So the, I get, is the compensation enough? Like, I don't know. Do the Giants still have to pay his contract for the remaining part of the contract? Or does the new team take on that contract in that scenario? Like, Doesn't, uh, at the end of... Uh... Any given Sunday, doesn't uh, Al Pacino resign as the coach of the Miami Sharks and take over the L.A. franchise? Yep. His first signing was Willie Beeman. Yep. Love it. Love Such it. a G move. So good. All right. Well. Um, take corner. Yeah, take corner. Let's I got go. one major take. And now it's <laughs> I had a thought. It's more of a thought than it is a take. You, men- you remember I had a hot take couple weeks ago that was you know with the with insurance companies refusing to insure property in the state of florida some parts of texas um you know resource scarcity and like nevada lack of water you know the city of las vegas if you want to move into that city as a corporation they want you to provide them a comprehensive water usage plan they're already having these types of restrictions you might see it in arizona and these other places uh, New Orleans could be underwater, you know, at, at, at any moment. Like there's all of these different things happening and they're all happening uh, below what we call the Sun Belt, right? So I had this thought. I was talking to my wife the other day and I was like, man, some of these teams are going to have to move. Or we're going to get like the Boise Cardinals. So that sparked this thought, okay? okay? So I looked at all the teams below the 36th and a half degree north parallel. And where, where does that run? So this is the line of demarcation from the Missouri Compromise that essentially separated free states from slave states. Um, This is the line. This line is why Oklahoma has a panhandle. 
is because Texas wanted to stay below that line so they could stay a slave state. So the top of Texas, Texas. basically, so that top of Texas Mm -hmm. stretched across, you know, to the Mason-Dixon line, basically. That that is essentially the Sun Belt. So the first one is the Los Angeles Rams. I have them moving to Sacramento. Okay. All right. Chargers moving to Portland. Portland Chargers. That'd be fun. Let's go. All right. Las Vegas Raiders, Salt Lake City Raiders. Mm. I, I don't know if they're it. ready for that. Yes. Arizona Cardinals. This is my the one that sparked it. She was she laughed at the Boise Cardinals. So we're gonna yeah. do the Boise Cardinals. Right. I have Dallas moving to St. Louis. Their third team in their history. Okay. Um, the Houston Texans are moving to Omaha, but we can't call them the Texans. So I just threw something out there. How about the Omaha Paytons? Okay. All right, cool. All right, New Orleans Saints uh, moving to Wichita. That'd be fun. We need a team in Kansas, right? Atlanta Falcons are moving to Richmond, Virginia. We're just going to shove as many teams as we can in the DMV and just Mm -hmm. let them them fight for fans, right? All right, Carolina. Uh, Now, there's a a lot of little states in in New England that that don't have representation. The Delaware. So I'm the Providence Panthers. There you go. Yeah. All right. right. With me so far? Tennessee's going north just up the road a little bit. We're going to land them in Louisville. Okay. Louisville. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got them moving to Syracuse. Okay. Okay. Cool. We need more teams in like upstate New York, right? They can just play in the carriage. So the Miami Dolphins. I, the most hipster team in the NFL. I'm moving them to one of the most hipster cities in the United States. Brooklyn. They're moving to Brooklyn. Nice. All right. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars, because of you, in honor of you, moving out to London, only three hours away from New York. Boom. What do you think? I like it, man. Let's go. Making fans everywhere happy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, my only uh, take corner this year is that Chicago has – I don't even know. Man. I'd probably give it like a 15, 20, maybe 25% chance of getting the first and second pick in the draft this year because they traded with Carolina last year to get uh, – so Carolina could come up and get uh, Bryce uh, Bryce Young. So I, It would I just, be interesting. It would be very – like I don't know if that's ever – I mean, I, I'm sure that somebody's traded and gotten maybe the first two picks first in the two draft. Picks. but. We'll have to get Stack Guy on that. We'll have to get Stack Guy on that. Well, maybe we'll we'll open with that next. So we'll let, right. I'll have you do the reason. Why don't yeah. you talk to Stack Guy and handle that? I'll okay. Get I'll get it. All right. I'm gonna skip Trevor Tracker because this bit's getting boring. <laughs> <laughs> if something happens, I'll keep tracking it, but yeah. I'm, I don't want to talk has, about has it. The, has the money? Has the no? The it's plus two thousand still. Okay. It's locked in there. Oh, I thought seems. it was. I thought it dropped to plus twelve fifty or something. No, it was. Uh, Oh, it no, was it plus went, 1600 yeah. then dropped to plus 14 then plus 12 after week and two then and then two and then jumped to 2000 right. and then again st- stayed steady at 2000 okay. all right so diversity section i have a few bullet points why don't you start us off um so yeah i have a few things too uh, my first one um shout out to crazy bone from bone thugs and harmony r.i.p hosp- yeah. no he didn't die oh Hos- he's still in the hospital yeah but he's, okay. he's doing better now um, hospitalized oh, with a burst artery in his lung. Um, I guess he had had to go in for some kind of surgery recently and uh, ended up get, having this some kind of uh, was coughing up blood and ended up going to the hospital. And he actually has something called sarcoidosis. 
Um, it's characterized as a growth of inflammatory cells known as granulomas, which are commonly found in lymph nodes and lungs. So I guess this is like a, he's always had some this problem that um, with kind of uh, uh, with this sarcoidosis or um, so yeah, ho- glad he's doing better. Um, I know Mike is not the biggest Bone Thugs of Harmony fan. One of the soundtracks of my childhood. Um, huge fan and glad. No, he's doing man, well. I love the first album. I used to jam that in my car okay. back in like nineteen ninety three. You told me they have one song. That's well, the the first album is Dynamite. Okay. I love. I like East Eternal Nine. I just don't like that Crossroads song and that they play that so damn much. I just don't understand why pop, make, popular gonna, culture the, just the ignores all is, of the good stuff that they do. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm gonna make a Bone Thugs and Harmony playlist without the Crossroads. I don't need you to make you. a playlist. Oh, you do. I'll just listen to, to the first playlist. two albums. They they have so many more hits than that. But anyway, no, not ahead. really. That right. that that'll argue with. Oh my god, yeah. I'm gonna let you just go ahead. Okay, well, thank you. A uh, couple of shows I'm watching, pretty good. I have the season's not over for this, but uh, the Gold. It's essentially this story about these guys that go in to rob a a, a bank depot, like a Brinks station, mm-hmm. um, and they were going to rob some cash that was in there from some stuff that was coming in. Uh, and they find three tons of pure gold. All right, and wow. then the show b- basically runs through how do how do they launder it. The legal proceedings behind all this, the cops chasing them. Is a true story, or it's... it's a it's based on a true story. Okay. The, the 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 gold was stolen, and they're basically what was interesting to me is how they put that gold. They smelted it down, mixed it with crappy gold, essentially made it less pure, and then mm-hmm. threw it out of the open market, and then took the money that they were receiving, invested it in property all around the world. So the benefit of this twenty six million quid at the time um and that was back in like 1983 that's an that's a crazy amount of cash and real money now or in current day money um to have that just basically float out into the ether and disappear within the course of about three months now i haven't done any like deep dive in the wiki to figure out what happened with this and what the you know what the real life story was and all and all the numbers but and when like what time frame did this occur in 1983. 1983. Yeah, and then what, it, and what network is this show on? It's on uh, Paramount Plus. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Really good. Uh, my second show, and this is on also Paramount Plus. Um, uh, Special Ops Lioness. Ooh, I've watched the first five episodes. Love it. It's really good. I'm not. I really like it. Yet, um, the, well, I won't get into it because I won't. I won't spoil it. So we can okay. talk. Like when you finish, we'll go uh, into I'll, a deeper. I'll knock the last few episodes okay it's a fantastic show um it is uh taylor sheridan universe right um they think that they're using the special ops colon lioness because they're trying to set up like other franchises off of it that's definitely a so my guess is this is going to be a a single kind of like arc yeah and then they're going to bring in other storylines there's a lot of a lot of people they advertise it as being I'm through four episodes, and I know on like the the poster for it or whatever, like the the insignia on the the, the app, it shows uh, Morgan Freeman. And I haven't even seen Morgan Freeman yet in it, but he was weird um, in it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, tell I'll, me what I'll you get, think when you get there. Yeah, I'll get through. I think I'm through four. And he says it. the f word like a lot, and it <laughs> maybe it's just me like not it expecting him to to say that, but it, uh, uh, it's it was off putting for me. 
Yeah, okay. All right. <clears throat> My final thing. Do you have anything else? I have two more. All right, let's rattle I, some no, off. Go ahead. No, go this ahead. one. I'll finish with mine. Go I ahead. I don't know if you want to finish with yours after I finish with mine. Okay, All right. go ahead. All right, hold on. I'll do. So I wanted to say completed Dame Lillard trade. Uh, Damian Lillard was traded. Let's to pause. The- let's hold that okay. until hurting goats. I'll lead you. You can okay. have that discussion because right. they're my good. Okay. Um, then my last one. Uh, it's a little bit of a touchy subject. Um, I don't know. Are you familiar with Trevor Bauer? Uh, baseball player? 2020 National League Cy Young Award winner. Signs with, I believe he was with the Guardians at the time that he won that, but I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, signs in 2021 with the Dodgers. June 2021 is a cute, and he's kind of like, so I'm going to preface this. He's kind of a, like known around baseball as just being an asshole. Like people don't really like him a whole lot. Not like the kind of like a real you know, like no nonsense guy in the locker room, like not, no nonsense, not like, just an asshole. Well, I mean, just like, yeah, he's kind of an asshole, like not like a dude. That's, that's, kind, having, that's kind of a real positive funds, twist on an ans- asshole. He's no nonsense. Like, I've been having, no nonsense my entire life, man. I'm, what are you saying, Mike? Anyway. Um, so Trevor Bauer in June of, of 2021 is accused by a woman of, sexually assaulting her oh yeah 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 beating her up choking her biting her all these like and major league baseball suspended him for the better part of two seasons so what's the newest news then he so he ended up he got once his suspension was over he signed in japan to play baseball and has been doing really well there but um he had continued she was trying to sue him uh, he was fighting back, had filed a countersuit, has claimed claimed his, he's innocent from the beginning. Her lawsuit was thrown out this week. If I understand correctly, it wasn't that it didn't happen, but that no. she was complacent in the sadomasochism that uh, occurred during the sexual act. Right. That it was cons- she said that Consensual. he did. She did say, though, that he sexually assaulted her as well. Okay. So it was there, it started as consensual and then turned into not consensual. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Thank you. Uh, Anyway, um, so this week, she, her, her court case, I believe, was thrown out and he agreed to settle or to walk away or to whatever withdraw his court case if the text messages and videos that had been confiscated from her phone were released or unsealed. And he went on to his Twitter account and made a video. I, it, it's insane. She had texted a friend three days before they met, before they went on their first date, saying, I found my next victim. He's a Major League Baseball player. Then the night after they spent, they went out on a date three days later, hooked up. The next day, she texted her friend saying he's worth $51 million. And her girlfriend texted back saying, bitch, you better secure the bag. And she said, I'm working on it. Her friend said, what are you going to do? How are you going to do that? She said, I'm going to get daddy to choke me and beat me up and use it against him. Then there's a video that she shows of her in his bed with him sleeping of and like she's winking at the camera no 
marks on her face, no bruises. The geo data shows that she left his house 15 minutes after that, went to the police station, and said, like a few hours later, said he beat her up. That's what started all of this. So she left 15 minutes after this video Taking was taken video. with no visible no, damage. No, nothing. And then shows a few hours later to the police office, uh, police station with all this damage. Yeah. And she had she went there and tried to file a restraining order against him. So they give her an, an immediate restraining order. Then the judge looks at the, the case and throws it out. And the, the bar for getting a um, restraining order against someone is not the highest. So... Yeah, it was it it just it's if I'm this guy, I'm suing fucking everybody moving at this point. Like Major League Baseball is getting a lawsuit. I'm like this guy's lost, you know, tens of millions of dollars in the last two years, three years. So anyway, just wanted I it was it's the most mind boggling story I've heard in a long time. Well sure, this is crazy. Um but I also caution for us to not use this as um, the case to which we don't believe other women oh, in the no. future. I'm, I'm... Because that's what happens, though, right? Because that's what we'll do. Remember that Trevor Bauer shit? Yeah. Well, I'm We just have saying, to be very careful about that. At the same time, I don't think you can bear... Like We, we need to let facts play out in these things instead of just jumping Yeah, on. but there was... Facts in the Jameis Winston case that were were suppressed by the Tallahassee Police Department. Well, I mean, none of this yeah. stuff works out like you want it to. It's not like, oh my God, I I get to go to court and I get to present all these facts and I and I, everyone cooperates and I have right. my time. It's, none of that ever happens. This is the American justice system. Their job right. is to suppress what you want to put out there. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm. I, I'm believing if a woman says she was raped, I believe her. Yeah. But I, at the same time, we need to, I don't know. It, it's, it's So I agree with you. you Compensation by like the, the major league baseball has a problem on their hands. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So sure. she might have a civil problem on her hands. He might just cut it loose or whatever. Right. He said he's not going to sue. Fine. Because, cool. Yeah. But I think we still have to be careful about just making assumptions on any of this stuff. It's it really sucks that even somebody that is no nonsense has to go through this. Um, uh, my guess is <laughs> you're such an ass. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna move mine to next week, and just because that was a long one. Yeah. Okay. All right. All so right. Let's, go let's go to hurting goats. So we'll start with this. The good. My good this week is the Portland Trailblazers. So you had something you wanted to add, so I'll let you. Yeah, I was just going to say, so the the second part of that trade, they got Drew point guard Drew Holiday in the original deal for Damian Lillard. Well, let's look, at the, let's look at, let's look at the, the highlights of this trade. So Damian Lillard goes to Milwaukee. Um, Grayson they, Allen. They get Grayson Allen from Milwaukee? Well, uh, Grayson Allen goes to... Portland. Phoenix. No, Phoenix. Okay. Phoenix. And so, so that's else. not a highlight, really. So okay, it's really nice. like, all right. Um, it ended up with uh, the guy from the center from Phoenix, uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton, Ayton goes going to, to Portland. Portland with Drew Holiday. So with Drew Holiday, yeah, from Milwaukee, and then Yusuf Nurkic and a few other like. So they Portland upgraded Phoenix. at center, 
and for a moment had an elite wing defender with um, Drew, Holiday. Drew Holiday, which they then flipped for two more picks. To Boston for two first round picks and um, Robert Williams, the center. Oh, and, Robert Williams uh, and Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon. So, um, and Malcolm Brogdon is likely going to get flipped to somebody else. So I guess this is maybe not the, the full trade, but I think he's going to at least start the season with Portland. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Portland did a hell of a job. They waited. They were patient. Didn't give in. To Dame decided to to say, "I'll go to other teams." Here they are, yeah. and then they found the best. Like they really, to me, did a stellar job of figuring that piece out. So yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, awesome. So that right. was your good. That was my good as well. All right, my good is uh, Khalil Mack showing back up. I'm I'm always been a fan of his. Um, so happy. Happy he got those uh, with his packs. arms and the way he looks in that suit. It almost looks like um, like a GI Joe or like a He Man, yeah, character like a toy. Just the arms are massive. Yeah. Just really, that guy's a that guy's a beast. All right, um, yeah, he's a monster. I'm a big fan, big fan. beast in a good way. Yeah, like, you can get a lot of sacks. It's it's been a minute. Like he was so dominant. Oh man for a while right like how many then, first round picks did chicago give up to get him from the raiders it was a ton yeah like three i think and it's just like and then they just let you know let him go and it's just like it was so weird yeah why you give that much up and then a season later like this isn't working right yeah, yeah. i don't know just right. another bad job by yeah. the bears i suppose what's your bad my bad is seattle aka zombie land so um there's a new drug out there. I don't know how new it is. This is I'm kind of naive to this space called Trank. It's a combination of a tranquilizer and then fentanyl and heroin is is used to cut. And it's Jesus. it basically turns people into these zombies. It started in like Philly or whatever, but it's very prominent in Seattle right now. We have uh, major retailers. We Seattle has major retailers that are leaving the downtown area, like Target, Nike, Nordstrom's, Macy's. A lot of stalwarts from that area um, are leaving. Um, they we're seeing restaurants, bars, and even music venues closing. Uh, for example, the latest news was Hard Rock Cafe closed because it couldn't book any artists because of safety concerns. So Seattle has a pretty good music scene over the years and a lot of venues classic venues that you know who knows what's going to happen with this yeah they're also seeing um sports fans reporting issues around our professional sports stadiums so this is getting really kind of like do can we afford to have a, a stadium here in this city Unless something, somebody starts cleaning up some of this stuff, Seattle PD, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, there's a lot of politics around why this is happening, um, but it doesn't look good. So Seattle is my bad for this week for completely gutting out that city. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my bad is the Seattle Mariners just freaking blowing it and not making the playoffs when they had the chance to win the the American League West for the first time in 25, 23 years, something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I won't say so, it. I won't say um, it. Yeah. And let me tell you, everybody, um, if you want to have a good time and you're rooting for your local baseball team and um, you invite Mike over, he's, he's, a, he's a freaking blast. 
<laughs> so this I would guy o- sat here I- on Saturday when the Mariners got eliminated from the playoffs and just we were watching some decent college football. And then he wanted to switch over from a good college football game to watch, you know, 45 minutes of uh, baseball pregame. That's that's where the fun started. And then we turned this game on, and it is one of the most boring experiences. It's just like Texas run after te- Texas run, ineptitude by the Mariners. They didn't even make a run until like the eighth inning. They only scored one run, one run the entire game. And there's just it was from jump. It was so like, like lacked energy. The crowd was super quiet. It just like why are we putting ourselves through this? Mind you, Mike came over with the knowledge that we were going to be watching the baseball game from the jump. So, but this, um, this is what makes anyway. it so. That's this is what makes me so fun. Anyway, yes, fun times with Mike. <laughs> Anyway, uh, all right, what's your ugly? My ugly is former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy. Um, he is he was threatened by the House Republicans to agree to an informal Biden impeachment inquiry, um, which he caves to. Uh, it goes embarrassingly uh, bad, um, and it has sig- significant effects on the leverage um, that the Republicans have for this continuing resolution to prevent the uh, government shut, uh, shutdown. Um, and then he's, uh, as of, I think it was Tuesday, he was voted out as Speaker of the House. Um, several Republicans had crossed the aisle uh, to make that happen. Okay. So um, <laughs> ugly, ugly, um, u- ugly days in the halls of our government yeah yeah so um the ugly for me is the racial overtones surrounding colorado and Dion sanders um on facebook you can go on facebook or any kind of social media thing and it doesn't matter if you say anything negative about Dion or colorado like there's like four people immediately call you a racist and uh, I was I was just reading through like because uh, my brother is he doesn't like Deion Sanders just because of Deion basically got a recruit that was going to go to my brother's favorite school to go to Colorado so my brother's like oh screw that guy, um, but I mean not like he's not like it to me it depends on him. the argument though right what are they saying about him it like what are matter. they attacking it doesn't matter it does matter no but it doesn't like they'll say that you're a racist for anything. Like that you say, like, and like, so anyway, I was reading through these comments and this guy said, I forget, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was like, I'm glad that they lost to USC, whatever. And somebody said he was a racist for saying that. And he said, I'm black. Like, I'm not a racist against Deion Sanders. Like, what the hell are you talking about? But it's, uh, it's just, yeah, I mean, I, they just find different ways to uh, divide us and get us to argue with one another, and it's getting ridiculous. So that's all I want to say. So uh, the ugly, the, the debate over Dion and Colorado and... It's really not about Colorado. Yeah. It's about Dion. It's about Dion. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, anyway. Be good Co- to each Coach, other. Coach Sanders. Coach Prime. Give him, give him his flowers. Coach Prime, baby. I, and I like it. So me and my brother argue about it all the time. My brother's just not a fan. I don't know why. Well, I think we did all well. We took a little break, you know, maybe five or six minutes. So we're under that. We might be under two hours now. So that was good. <laughs> all right. Success. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Till next week, guys.
Daryl Morey is a liar.